Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I'm joined by Adam. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. This is uh, this is an exciting show for us. This is going to be like our version of Entertainment Tonight, I guess. Entertainment Weekly, TMZ. Do you have, do you have legs as nice as Mary Hart's? I used to, but you, you used know to. what? I haven't been at the gym in a while, so... That's true. We are recording on May 26th, which happens to be the first day of Star Wars Celebration, which is taking place in Anaheim uh, at the convention center. And there is a ton of news related to Star Wars and Lucasfilm properties. Let's talk about what's going on in the Star Wars universe. First of all, did you know yesterday, the 25th, is Star Wars Orthodox Day? A Star Wars Orthodox Day? It's the premiere of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, of course, May the 4th is, I guess, officially, canonically Star Wars Day. Okay. But some people believe that May 25th is Star Wars Day uh, Orthodox. Orthodox okay. Star Wars Day. And yesterday was also Frank Oz's birthday. Ah. Who, of course. Yoda himself. Yoda himself. Yeah, Star Wars actually turned 45 years old. I remember seeing it uh, on a school trip in the Dededo Theater in on the island of Guam as a fourth grader. So those were uh, those were good times. Uh, and do back, the math and just, on how old uh, Tony is there. That's right. And just so you know, uh, back then it was not known as A New Hope. It was just Star Wars. And it happened to be episode four, but nobody paid attention to that because it was Star Wars. This was before Lucas edited things and... Han shot first, so those were the good old days. Um, but speaking of the good old days, this past weekend, uh, Disney Plus premiered the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, the first two episodes dropped on Friday. Now, you're going to be listening to this show after it dropped. We're recording it the night before it drops, uh, so we cannot give you our review or, or our thoughts. Uh, but I will tell you that Friday night I will be spending uh, an hour and a half to two hours in front of the television watching the first two episodes of Kenobi. So you're going to wait till Friday night? Well, uh, some of us have to work. Well, I do too. And uh, I will not stream while I'm working. Well, you're not going to watch it at three in the morning when it comes on? You know, if you just did the math, you know that I'm like 72 years old. So I, yeah. <laughs> I need to, I need to sleep. I cannot get up at three in the morning uh, to watch uh, the first two episodes of Obi Wan. What if you go to bed early? It's an impossibility because we're recording at nine o'clock. So <laughs> that would give me about uh, five and a half hours of sleep. Well, we should end this time. show now. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, but no, I'm I'm very excited to see the missing years, uh, the Tatooine years. Uh, between episodes three and four, uh, when Obi-Wan, you know, kind of goes underground. Uh, we do know that he was living in the hills uh, and kind of keeping a watchful eye on young Luke, but we don't really know what he did. So this is going to give us a little bit of insight into Obi-Wan's life and, and what he did, you know, after the fall of the Jedi, after the Order 66 was called. Will we see other Jedi? Will we see other Jedi on the run? They're hunting down. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor is hunting down Jedi and hunting Obi-Wan, so it, it should be fun. I'd like to hope and dream and pray that Yoda is somewhere in this. Qui-Gon mm-hmm. Jinn Force Ghost is somewhere in this. Bail Organa with a young Leia is in this. Mm-hmm. We know, spoiler alert, we know Darth Vader's in this. So, oh, and of course the Emperor. Love to see the Emperor again. Basically, I want... 
want I want a mix of episode three characters and episode four characters. Okay. As long as there's no Jar Jar, I'll be happy. Uh, I don't think I don't think Jar Jar's gonna be in it. So you know what I'm really looking forward to in the uh, the six episode season of Obi Wan is essentially if these are 40 to 50 minutes long, you're looking at almost a six hour five hour Obi-Wan movie, which is much more than we would have gotten on a one shot in the theaters. This is good. This is is good. I'm fine with them expanding. I've said this before, going in between and expanding what is unknown in between the movies, because there's a lot of time that passes in between the movies. Right. And a lot of things can happen. It would be be cool to see what happened. And we'll see Mm -hmm. why we can't do that. And that's what we're doing. That's what Rogue One was. That's what Kenobi is. And that's what another show that is going to be coming out this year, Andor, is going to be debuting on August 31st. That is a show centered around Cassian Andor, who we first saw in Rogue One. And it takes place over a year period. This is season one. A year period, five years before Rogue One. And then there was also going to be a second season. They've already uh, approved three seasons. The original thought was that they were going to do five seasons, one season for each year, and then the final episode would lead right into Rogue One. Yeah, so I guess we're not getting five total. But they did say that the last episode of whatever season will lead right into um, Rogue One. And we're getting Mon, Mon Mothma back. What's confusing about this show is it's, so it's five years before Rogue One. So I guess this, that's about when the Empire is like really just getting started, but also the uh, Rebel Alliance is probably getting started. And if you look at their, they have a trailer that went out. There's um, different groups of people that are, I guess, congregating into different areas. Maybe that's like just different planets or star systems that are getting ready to unite against the Empire. You do see glimpses of either stormtroopers or clone troopers you can't really tell you don't see the, the front of their face mm-hmm. maybe they're going to be clone troopers because that's why they kind of hit them right because we have not seen live action clone troopers I, I take that back we have not seen practical live action clone troopers the ones in episodes two and three are cgi okay we haven't seen like the way that they do them now where it's like a real suit and um you see them walking around. So mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that'd be cool if we get to see that. Or, or the, maybe the transition between clone troopers to stormtroopers, because that's something that we don't really see yet. I mean, they kind of they don't really allude to it either. It, it, they kind of allude to it in some of the movies, but they don't really show when that happened. But right. regardless, this is another cool show that uh, is coming this year. Do you, do you think that when they transition from clone troopers to stormtroopers, they just put out an ad for guys that are really bad shots? I can't. <laughs> like if you have good vision, we don't want you. Probably. Yeah. Marksman <laughs> need not apply. Um, so now I'm excited for Andor. It will be to date the longest live action Star Wars uh, show on Disney Plus, and it will come in at 12 episodes. And, uh, you know, Diego Luna is back as Cassie and Andor. Now, the, the thing I'd like to see is we know this takes place five years prior to Rogue One. Rogue at the end of Rogue One, that's the kickoff to Episode, uh, which is Star Wars. So there's a possibility that uh, Andor could end up crossing paths with Obi Wan. Maybe there's a crossover involved. I mean, Obi Wan is sort of alluded to 
in Rogue One by Bail Organa when he says, I have, you know, I have, like, or when Mon Mothra character talks about his Jedi friend, and then he says something effective, I'll send somebody, or I trust her with my life. So he's talking to his daughter, Leia, who's supposed to find Obi-Wan. So to answer your question, possibly. It'd be interesting to see, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I don't mind. I don't mind crossovers like this. They're all happening at the same time. And, you know, and in theory, like at the same, you know, universe, I don't see why they can't cross over. It it seems to all be taking place in like one one corner of of time in this in this Star Wars universe. And, And I've seen some some rants online about people being upset that, you know, everything focuses on this you know, this Skywalker generation where it's, you know, everything takes place between episodes one and nine that people want to see what's going on, you know, down the road or before the Skywalker uh, family becomes part of the the Jedi uh, world. So, you you know, on one hand, I get it. it. It's it's kind of like that argument we've had about Galaxy's Edge, you know, like, why did they make it Batu? Why didn't they do Tatooine? You know, why didn't they give us something we're familiar with? Well, all of these shows give us a time frame that we're very familiar with. When you start to go outside of that time frame, then there's some hesitation and maybe you alienate some fans. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on that? I guess it's for marketing purposes, it's easier to just market Star Wars as still being within this, you know, this time frame that we all recognize as opposed to something that's sort of like on its own, which which we'll talk about soon is there's a couple of things that appear to be sort of on their own. All right. So Andor was not the only thing uh, that was announced today, uh, but the Star Wars Ahsoka uh, starring uh, Rosario Dawson, which is currently filming, uh, was announced that it will premiere in 2023. We have no month. We have no real time frame, uh, but we do know that it is uh, on its way. Natasha Liu Bordizo. Uh, has been cast as the live version of Sabine Wren. So, uh, you know, nice to see some of these animated characters come into the live-action Star Wars universe. I don't really know the Sabine Wren character, the Ahsoka character who was introduced as a live-action version in The Mandalorian is really uh, impressive. Now, I think she's on her way. She, I guess she's on her way to track down this blue character Admiral Thrawn. Admiral Thrawn, who's like a holdover from the Empire, where you have like these generals that like kind of still want to, you know, make their place in this world, in this universe, so to speak, regardless of whether the fact that Darth Vader is gone or not. Right. They're still very loyal to the Empire uh, and they want the Empire to succeed. And if there's a little power vacuum, uh, they feel that they can fill it. Exactly. And uh, speaking of filling vacuums, Mandalorian season three will be premiering in February of 2023. And we have confirmation that Katie Sackhoff returns as Bo-Katan. Pedro Pascal obviously comes back as Mandalore as, as, um, not as Mandalore, as the Mandalorian Dinjar, Din Dinjarin. And Carl Weathers is going to come back. Apparently the villain, so to speak, will be Bo-Katan. Yes. Uh, and we do know uh, from the uh, overview uh, that uh, the Mandalorian will be journeying to Mandalore. Uh, so we'll get to see the planet Mandalore. Uh, and it was announced earlier this year that Christopher Lloyd would join the cast. So I'm not sure how Doc Brown fits into any of this. Uh, I don't know if he will arrive in a time-traveling DeLorean. 
but uh, it will be interesting to see what type of character he plays. That guy's still, uh, he's still kicking, huh? He sure is. He sure is. Good for him. And you know who else is kicking in the Star Wars universe? Jude Law. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jude Law is going to be headlining a new series called Star Wars Skeleton Crew, uh, and that's going to come to Disney Plus in 2023. The show is currently in pre-production. It's going to be a story of four children in the age 10 to 12 group uh, who have been lost in the Star Wars universe, and we're not sure uh, how Jude Law comes into play here, uh, but I'm assuming that he will either be a mentor uh, or a rescuer for the children in their journey to get back home. You don't um, think he's going to be one of the kids? I don't think so. I think he's a, he can't pass for 12 anymore. Well, they could de-age him like they did with Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. It, uh, that would be a, a big job. And also, uh, it was announced that the Acolyte, uh, which is also going to be a new series on Disney Plus, will draw from the non-canon Legends Star Wars Expanded Universe, and this is going to be set about a hundred years before the event of the before the events of the Star Wars episodes one through nine, and it's going to take place during the High Republic. And if you are a Star Wars fan, you know that Star Wars: The High Republic debuted about a year and a half ago. And it is uh, a period when the Jedi are at their height, and it crosses multiple media formats, uh, including comic books, graphic novels, young adult novels, you know, regular novels. So there are multiple books in this uh, environment already. This apparently is going to focus more on the Sith and how that sort of, I guess, was created or, or how it sort of got to where it was. Yes, it's going, it's a, a female-driven character who uh, is involved with the dark side of the Force. So this is set 100 years before Phantom Menace. Do you think we're going to see Darth Plagueis the Wise, who Palpatine talked about in Episode who 3? Who knows who we will see, but there's always a chance of seeing Yoda, uh, because we know that he was, what, 900 years old in... yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's Empire. He would be around now. We don't know how old like Palpatine was. I mean, in theory, right. like we, he looks like he's 60, but, you know, he could really be like 360. So he could be. Dark, As you could the, tell, I really enjoy the characters we already know. I guess it's because it's easier. I don't have to like learn more people, new people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a little like we don't I don't need to keep learning more people. That's the thing with the Marvel stuff. Marvel just keeps adding more and more people. Now, I understand that they exist in these comic books that have been around for a long time. But in my mind, they only exist on the screen. And if I haven't met them yet, I don't know if I need to meet them again. Well, see, that goes back to what I was just talking about, how people are comfortable with this time frame. And why are you going to go back and introduce new characters and give a whole backstory? And, you know, familiar. there's something to be said for familiarity. It's the same thing with, like, do I watch – like, if I'm watching TV or something, do I want to watch a new show or do I just continue watching the same shows I watched over and over again? Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah I was going to say you just put Seinfeld on and you're good to go. <laughs> because do uh, I really want to get invested in something new or can I just stick with what I already got? Well, let me tell you that speaking of familiarity, it was announced during Star Wars Celebration today that Indiana Jones 5 – will have its release date on June 30th of 2023. Uh, It does not yet have a title, but they did release the first uh, photo 
of Indiana Jones walking across a precarious rope bridge illuminated in silhouette form by some gold light. That's uh, a big news. Uh, Filming actually wrapped in February of this year. And the first merchandise for the film has started arriving at the Disneyland Resort. So there's nothing better than when merchandise is on the shelves 13 months prior to the film's release date. can't believe we got to wait a year for this movie. Well, you know, it's not Disney, but I can't believe that they released the first uh, Mission Impossible trailer for a film that does not open uh, until July of next year. Yeah, you know what? That's funny. You, when that came out, I didn't look I should have looked up the release date because I had a feeling I was like, isn't that Mission Impossible movie like next year? And they already got a trailer out. What the heck are they doing? And I guess they want to really like just do deal with the summer, the summer blockbuster release. It's really interesting, I guess. So so Disney, you know, not just Disney, all these all these movie studios, they have like their release dates that they like Thanksgiving, Christmas. Right. You know, start of summer, you know, Halloween time, et cetera. One of the big release dates is Christmas and Disney has the the Avatar 2 movie coming out at that time. I wonder if if they would have liked to put the Indiana Jones movie there instead, but I wonder if James Cameron had some kind of like agreement or whatever where he's like, no, my movie has to come out Christmas time. If I recall correctly, between 2022 and 2028, every Christmas we are getting, uh, it's going to alternate back and forth between Star Wars movies and Avatar films. Yes. Avatar 2 through Avatar 5 are going to be released every other year. Uh, and then the the other year will be Star Wars. So, well, assuming we have a Star Wars, we don't have. So this Star Wars celebrate. I don't think we've really explained it. Star Wars celebration is like a con- Star Wars convention. They hold it. I'm not sure if it's every year, every other year, but it's been a while since they had it because of COVID. So right now it's this weekend, which is odd that it's Memorial Day weekend, but whatever. And it's at Anaheim Convention Center, which, if you're not familiar, is just south of Disneyland. So they're having all these panels, very similar to D23, where they have, you know, panels where you can sit and watch, you know, people discuss things. And today they they announced a lot of these shows that we just went over, as well as the date for the Indiana Jones movie, because that's a Lucasfilm thing. So that's Star Wars Celebration. And they have two or three more days worth of days to fill. So my guess would be if they're going to announce film, a movie or movies. It's going to be this weekend. Right. And and they could film that stuff pretty fast. I mean, they can announce a movie that they can announce that they're doing a movie this weekend. If they are doing that, they probably already got a script working on it or worked out and they're casting and they're trying to figure out, you know, who's going to star it. And I'm sure they already have a director. This is all from movies that we don't know exist yet. (laughs) We we, we were supposed to be getting a Rogue Squadron from director Patty Jenkins, who did the Wonder Woman films. That announcement was made. She did a little video for it. And it looks like that may have now been pushed back because of her involvement with Wonder Woman 3, as well as a, a number of other films. Yeah. Of course, COVID comes into play as to why that's delayed. Uh, so, you know, I, I think the goal was to have that out by 2023, and, and that will probably not take place now because they haven't even started pre-production, to the best of my knowledge. And I think what but, I'm trying to get at is I wish this Indiana Jones movie came out sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole point of what I was trying to say was I really wish they would push it up, but Disney has so many movies that they have to keep the slots, and I understand why. They want to make as much money as they can. So we're going to have to wait. 
and I guess they don't want to put it out in like early spring. They want to save right. it for the blockbuster because what was what is the big Disney blockbuster film for this summer? Uh, that would be not uh, Lightyear because that's a Pixar movie. No, that would be Thor: Love and Thunder. Well, not Thor because that's a Marvel movie. What is the Disney Disney Studios movie for this summer? They had Jungle Cruise last year. The year before that was supposed to be Jungle Cruise, and they didn't do that. They had Aladdin the year before that. What is the big Disney summer movie? We don't have one. Yeah, there is no big uh, Disney movie. I hate now when you look up every Disney movie coming in 2022, it includes all this Disney Plus stuff. Yeah. Better Nate than never, Lightyear. There is none. Yeah, so all we right. have none. So, so which we is have fine, no big, but we have no big Disney movie. You know what they could have put out this year? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. But they didn't because I guess they weren't ready or something. I don't know. Right. Right. Because they need a year and a half of post-production to make or, Harrison Ford look like he's not 72. Or, or or they could have put the Pandora movie out because I'm sure that's done. That's been in the can for three years. I don't know. I'm, I'm just making that up. Oh, gosh. I You know, I want everything now. That's what it is. We want everything now when it's ready and we have to wait. None of and us that's, wanna... that's the problem with your generation, Adam, is that you are so set on like – you know, binge watching stuff and everything comes on streaming. You don't know what it's like to wait until Tuesday night on ABC to watch Happy Days. And it only comes on once a week. And if you missed an episode, you know what? You catch it again in six months when it goes on on repeat, you know, when it's a, a rebroadcast. So enjoy it. Uh, 2023 Disney movies. You've got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, February. March, you have Haunted Mansion. May, you have Guardians 3. May, you also have The Little Mermaid, the live action. June, you get Elemental, which is the Pixar movie that they're making, which is about, like, the elements. June, you also get Indiana Jones. July, you get The Marvels, which is, like, essentially Captain Marvel 2. And then, allegedly, we're getting a a Star Wars movie in December. Not sure if that's going to happen, but supposedly. Maybe, Maybe we could put one together real quick. But I think you mean you could. Um, sure. Let's let's focus on this year. Sorry. <laughs> and and let's go back. We were talking about Star Wars Celebration. The last announcement uh, that we have to talk about from Star Wars Celebration is a Lucasfilm work, and that is the Disney Plus streaming series Willow that's going to debut on November 30th. And this is uh, 34 years after Willow, the film, was released. Uh, we're going to have this new series but this series takes place 20 years after the original film. So uh, do the math. Uh, I don't think that math comes into play. There will be no test. It will not be graded, uh, <laughs> nor will account for your final average. Uh, participation will be graded, however, though. So so I have never seen the Willow movie. Well, you need to watch it. What is it about? It's about Willow, who is he's a dwarf, but he's also a wizard. And uh, he is given a baby to protect. He's given a, a mission, and it's just his trials and tribulations. And I believe it was uh, the original was directed by Ron Howard. So Ron Howard. Yeah, it was a good movie, and that means that Clint Howard, his brother, is somewhere in the film. <laughs> so that it is, is amazing. Uh, Not we should do a Ron Howard episode. It is amazing the movies that he has directed. Yes, it is. I mean, Little, The Grinch stole How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Jim Carrey, this Willow movie. He finished Solo, the Star Wars movie. 
his move, his, one of his biggest movies actually has a tie in to a Disney park attraction. Uh, it's not Apollo 13. It is not. It is Splash. Oh, yes, that's right. He directed Splash. And Splash Mountain uh, used uh, like the <laughs> the same Splash logo. <laughs> Had nothing to do with the film or mermaids. Uh, uh, but, but that's neither here nor there. We'll my cover understanding that. is my understanding is that Michael Eisner wanted them to promote the Splash movie, and they were like, uh, "We can't do a mo- we can't do a ride based on this movie like this in Frontierland, Critter Country. It's, it's not going to work." But I guess apparently they figured, "Oh, we could just name it Splash Mountain." So it like in your mind you think, "Oh, Splash! Oh, that's that new Disney movie. Let's check it out." Right. Kind of like a like a um like a psychedelic, but like a play on words or something. Like an homage. Yeah, yeah. So you'll get more tidbits and trivia like that on our Ron Howard tribute episode, which will we be should. coming in the future. That'd be fun. So I should probably see this Willow movie before the Willow show. Yes, I I suggest you do. That's good. That you know what? A little unrelated, but Disney released the Rescue Rangers movie on yes. Disney Plus. Which is really cool. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it. But Disney Plus needs more like weird things like this, I think. Willow, a, mo- a series about a movie that like not too many people remember from 33 right. years ago. Well, that's know, that's it, a good idea. Put it out there. It's got a bit of a cult following, I believe. Yeah. And we do have some uh, additional content coming to Disney Plus. Uh, and that is on June 29th, we get a spinoff from Big Hero 6. And the series is titled Baymax, um, and it's going to be Baymax's uh, journey as a personal healthcare companion. So that is I'm another a, movie I have not seen. I'm a, you have not seen Big Hero Six? No, I have not. <laughs> Adam, you let me down. You've got an assignment for the weekend, uh, and that will count towards your final grade. <laughs> Disney Plus announced, if you're looking at Marvel properties, uh, they did announce that they are developing a new Daredevil series. Uh, and that is going to uh, star uh, Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, who we last saw in Spider-Man No Way Home in a brief cameo. Uh, we know that Vincent uh, D'Onofrio has returned to the uh, Disney plus Marvel Cinematic Universe as the Kingpin. Uh, so one would assume that he will be making an appearance in the Daredevil uh, series as well. So oh, his face is probably blown off, right? Well, we'll see what happens. All right. All right. And uh, speaking another, of oh, yes, speaking of ahead. Vincent D'Onofrio, who is a mob boss, we do need to give our condolences to the Ray Liotta family who yes. passed away this week. Yes, he did. Um, age 67. He was in uh, probably every movie you've ever seen. He was in a lot of movies. But of course, he was from Newark, New Jersey, which is basically where I'm from, a little, little close to there. So mm-hmm. uh, that was sad. 67 years old. He died in his sleep. While he was filming a movie. I mean, he was still working. In, I believe, the Dominican Republic. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, way to bring us down. So let's. Well, uh, I just with the mob connection. That's all. right. So let's uh, let's get back to some exciting stuff. Uh, Disney Plus has also announced Agatha House of Harkness, which is going to be a starring vehicle for Agatha Harkness, uh, who is portrayed by Catherine Hahn in the limited series WandaVision. Uh, and her show will debut during the 2023-2024 uh, television season. Um, oh I guess I guess it's a television season. Um, but since she is a witch, I would uh, assume to see that in September or October of next year. <laughs> or March, because that's when the Haunted Mansion movie is coming out, in March. 
So that, that makes a lot of sense. That is a good point. Now you did mention Lightyear a little bit a uh, little bit ago in the in the podcast. Uh, and Disney has started showing a sneak preview in Hollywood Studios in the Walt Disney Presents attraction. And uh, you can see that at the very end in the theater. Uh, no word on how long it is, but usually it's like the first eight or ten minutes. Sometimes it's a compilation. And that debuts in theaters on June 17th. I was in Hollywood Studios the day it premiered. The, the not not the movie premiered, but the day that the special little featurette premiered, and uh, I didn't have much time there, and I was debating whether I should go see it or not. I really do like that attraction. I really like the video, the movie, the video at the end where they talk mm-hmm. about Walt. Well, that's been but, replaced by the Lightyear preview. Yes, by Lightyear preview. Yeah, so I so I was debating whether I should go see it or not, and then I decided not to because I was like, I know I'm going to see the movie. Why do I want to spoil? some of it for myself right. when I don't need to. It's not necessary. Well, had you gone into the attraction, you would have seen a very nice display on the Disney Wish. I have seen that display. That's been there for okay. a while. And I was in there last my last trip in March. So yeah, that no, that's really cool because they have a model of it. They have like a full scale model of the of the Cinderella statue that's in there. It does look really good. It the, does. The, this cruise ship looks really nice. You know what else looks good? What? Chris Hemsworth as Thor, <laughs> and uh, they did release a second trailer for Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder, uh, which debuts uh, in theaters on July 8th. Uh, we got to see a little bit more of Jane Foster, who we know takes on the role of Thor as well in this film. Uh, she is the mighty Thor, not to be confused with just plain old Thor. So she uh, has his old hammer. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's some comedy and, uh, it looks good. What do you, what do you think about my, the mighty, uh, the mighty Thor coming back? I mean, I'm going to see it. It's a Marvel movie. I'm going to see it. It does look good. They're hiding something. Mm-hmm. For sure. There's, there's a character. Cause there's a couple scenes where there's like two characters and there's a dead space on the side of the camp of the, of the image. And there's gotta be a third person there that they just like remove for the trailers, which is fine. I wish they would not have. We all know that Jane Foster was going to be in this, but I wish they didn't show her in these trailers, especially now with the hammer. Eh, they could have kept, they could have saved that, I think. Do you but think these that... trailers? I just feel like they show too much. Okay. I didn't need to see her holding the trailer, uh, holding the trailer, holding the hammer. That would have been really cool to see for the first time in the movie theater. Right. And everybody screams. Kind of, kind of like the first time Captain America picks up Mjolnir. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, and for those of you that like are, are kind of confused at what I'm talking about, if you ever go to a uh, sports game and you know you're rooting for the home team, whatever it is, a football, they score a touchdown, basketball, you know, shoot a big shot at the end, or baseball hit a home run, or in hockey they hit, they get a goal because we're in the hockey playoffs. And the Rangers are doing pretty good. When that happens in the collective energy of the fans in the stadium ignites and erupts. You feel it. You feel it in your bones. You know, it's a cool feeling. And with sports, it's cool because it's it's unpredictable. You you don't know when it's going to happen until it's happening. And it happens all the time. You know, there, and there's another game and then there's another game. Whereas a movie, you know, you see it once, you know it's going to happen. And then that's it. But it is really cool to be in the movie theater with a bunch of people that are, you know, want to see the movie with you. And then you see something that happens that you weren't expecting and everybody like kind of cheers. I like that. And I feel like we're losing that every time they show those moments in the trailers. 
point taken. If we would have seen that Jane Foster get the hammer in the theater, I think the place would have erupted. But now it's going to be like, oh, well, she's there. We knew that. I get it. Yeah, you know, there's going to be between now and July probably 10 or 12 different commercials that are released. Each one's going to have a different little scene. Yeah. So by the time all is said and done, we'll probably have gotten a good seven or eight minutes of the film. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, it's just like, and I, you know what, the other, so in the trailer, they also had Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale. Again, did we need to see him in the trailer? Are now people going to go to the movie that weren't going to go before? I don't, I don't understand the thought process behind this. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a Marvel, it was... like it's a Marvel movie. It's guaranteed to make $750 million, okay? Now, how do they get it to $2 billion? Well, you put a character in that people didn't know was going to be there, like the two Spider-Mans from the other Spider-Movies, you know? That's what happened with that movie. They right. never showed those Spider-Man in the trailers, and then in the movie comes out, people are like, whoa, and now, now more people want to see it. Same thing now with the Thor movie. They could have done that with the Thor movie. Whoa. Christian Bale's in it as the as this like demon faced death guy. I gotta see that again, or I gotta or I gotta see this movie. I wasn't really sure if I was gonna see it. I get, I get what you're I saying. I mean, like, how much more money do they they're gonna get from these movies now that they've already shown it? I don't know. I just I don't know. It's annoying. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. Are you going? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm go that Thursday night. And I'm going. There's 28 bucks right there. They've got our money. <laughs> And, you know, speaking of speaking of movies, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is due in theaters next year, volume three, uh, just opened uh, a new attraction in Epcot, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And you, Adam Elmers, were lucky enough to ride it during a pass holder preview uh, session. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I did. And I'm going to try not to spoil it best i can if i do spoil it i'm sorry i don't know if you want to skip ahead or not but but please come back and finish it's a roller coaster the queue is very cool there is uh there's a lot to look at the first i'll just say the first room in the queue is almost like a planetarium where you're looking at like the ceiling and there's like a screen of the different planets i don't know how many of them are real in terms of like real as to what earth people know versus real in the marvel cinematic universe i don't know then you move on to this room that has a lot of display items display pieces that like sort of showcase the xandarian culture which is the planet that the guardians are from and that room is very similar to the the laboratory type room that you're in in flight of passage where you go past the navi that's floating around in the tub of liquid and you see the different experiments very similar looking to that room and there's some video displays eventually you'll see a like an interview with some of the guardians of the galaxy there's a lot to in in the indoor part of the queue there is a lot to look at so you will not get easily bored in the queue if you're in there and if you do get bored then just look at your phone like everybody else right exactly open up play disney or something yeah the indoor part of the queue though hmm does not seem that big in my like unscientific view. There's going to be a good chance you'll be waiting outside. Well, I don't know how much you're going to wait outside now because they're going to start out with a virtual queue, which will open up at 7 a.m. There will also then be another chance at 1 p.m. And then there will also be a chance at 6 p.m., but that's only for people 
that are staying at deluxe uh, hotels who get that extra two hours of extra magic hour at the park. I don't know if we're going to get long lines right now because they're doing virtual queue or the individual lightning lane, which is going to be priced between $14 and $17 per ride. So anyway, after you're through the queue, then there are three different pre-show rooms that you go into. The last one has a really, really cool effect. I'm not going to explain it because I don't want to spoil it. I did not know it was going to happen because I, I went in spoiler free. It was really cool what they did to get you sort of into space. And then you walk in through like a hallway, like very similar to Big Thunder, how you're like above the track. And then you walk down through the center in between two load areas. They have two separate loading areas for the coaster. And then is you it, line up and then. Is it kind of like Dinosaur where there's two on either side? Yeah, yeah, similar to that too. Dinosaur, okay. Big Thunder, same idea where they're splitting you off. Uh, when I wrote it, they only had one side working, maybe because they it was early, it was a 10 a.m. preview time, and maybe they didn't need to keep running both sides. But uh, there isn't two different tracks inside the building. It's one track, but it's just two different load areas so that they can, you know, have a train ready to go when the next train leaves type thing. It just speeds up the process. The cars are four... There's four people per car, and I think there's like eight or ten cars total. So it seats a lot of people, and it's a lap bar. It's not a shoulder restraint. The seats are big. They're comfortable. They're much bigger than Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. You basically walk into the car. You don't have to step down. Like, for instance, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you step down. You step down into Big Thunder. You even step down into... Pretty sure you step down into like Everest. This, the floor of the coaster is level with the floor that you're walking into. So you don't need to like step down in anything, which is really easy. And then there's a lap bar. So you're, you know, you're not going upside down because they didn't, although the Velocicoaster, you go upside down and there's a lap bar, but you're not going upside down in this. I'm just telling you that. It's very smooth. The coaster is extremely, extremely smooth. You're basically going through space. They call it an omni coaster because it's like an omni mover where the the ride vehicle turns left and right. The coaster turns for you so that it faces whatever way it wants you to look at. So you're not always facing forward. So what will happen is you will go around a turn and you will be turned. Your vehicle will be turned sideways. So you'll almost be like you're going sideways. The best way that I figured out that this is like is if you've ever gone drifting in a car okay think lightning mcqueen when he learns how to like take that turn in the dirt and he goes he basically flips his car sideways if you've ever gone drifting in the snow like when you were a kid or an adult and you and you slide your car sideways so you're facing you're facing out but your car is going to the you know to the right or to the left it's a very similar sensation to that i do not get motion sickness I don't get any I don't get sickness like that. I was fine on the ride. I know there were reports of people getting sick, people getting headaches. And and I guess if you my suggestion, my guess would be if you get that on other rides, you'll probably get it on this ride because it's not a slow coaster. It's not super fast. It's not like rock and roller coaster fast. It's absolutely not rock and roller coaster fast. But because you're going through the dark and you can't see how far you've progressed on a track unlike Big Thunder where you're outside, you don't really know how fast you're going. So it feels like you're going faster than you really are probably going, if that makes sense. 
It does. It does. It's kind of it's kind of like when you're on uh, Buzz Lightyear and you're going through that tunnel. It yes. always seems like you're a lot faster than you are because it's just the way things sensually. Yes. It's yeah. arranged that way. So it's like when you're driving a car and and you can see the side and you can tell how fast you're going based on just how fast you approach an object. But because you can't see the object in this case, you don't really know how fast you're going. So so it feels like you're going fast. But you're not going that fast. Gotcha. So overall, would you give it two thumbs up? I would say as a ride, yes, it is a very good ride. I mean, if Rise of the Resistance is the best ride in Walt Disney World because of how much different things it involves, and it it probably is. I'm sure most people would say that's the best ride. This has got to be the second or the third best ride in Walt Disney World. So wait, hold on here one second. So you're saying as a ride, you give it two thumbs up? Just as a ride experience, like as a... But as a dessert, you give it two thumbs down. (laughs) As a way to tell a story, I don't give it that good. The story is a little little wonky. It doesn't really follow where we are currently in the MCU. And I think that's because they say that the rides don't necessarily take place. Mm-hmm. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, same thing with the the, uh, the Spider-Man ride and the Guardians ride out in California. Part of the story, I don't even know, like, like I don't know, like, what's the point of we're doing? The story is like there's a there's a, there's good story elements in the pre-show, but then you're you're on the ride and you're like, why did we have to do all that? That didn't like learn. I should say do all that, learn all that. That didn't kind of make any sense. Um, And it's hard to tell a story in a coaster. I don't care like what you can do, call it a story coaster. It's hard to tell a story in a roller coaster when you're going through a dark area and you've got a there's a music playing in your ears and they play like, you know, 80s, 90s pop music. I had the the song Conga by uh, Gloria Stefan, which is a good song. So it's 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 similar then to the uh, Gringotts attraction over in Universal. With the way the car moves uh, and and kind of spins. Yeah, that's what people have said, but but Gringotts Gringotts is not as much of a coaster as this is. Okay. Like this is a coaster. Eyes closed. You think you're on Space Mountain? Like just the way that like it's a roller coaster. And I will say, if they got rid of the Guardians theme, like they could have they could put this into Space Mountain and just as a space roller coaster, and gotcha. I'd be okay with it. Because it's it, as a roller coaster, it's really good. As a storytelling element, I would like say it's at 75%. And and I think the weirdest thing is you went down there for the preview, uh, and I reached out to you because there was some merchandise that I I thought would have been uh, nice, <laughs> a, a T-shirt, uh, and you informed me that the gift shop was actually closed. Which, for Disney to have a gift shop closed, that's that's unimaginable to me. Yeah, the the gift shop has been closed for the whole from I think most everybody's preview, which is interesting. Maybe they maybe they don't feel like they have enough for the opening and they well, got to like did, hold back. I did see it open for some of the media events. One of the travel agencies that I know, not Main Street and More Travel, which happens to be the best darn Disney travel agency. The best. And and non-Disney travel agency for that matter uh, on the planet, Earth, not Xandar, but uh the media event, the gift shop was open. Now, I don't know if it was open for sales. I don't think they were allowed to buy anything. They were at least allowed to go in and, uh, you know, walk through. through the store and take pictures and film. So I've seen the merchandise. I just don't know if anyone has actually purchased anything. Yeah. The merch is cool. It's got a lot of Epcot retro vibes. 
you do not walk through the gift shop till exit. The gift shop is a separate entrance. You can okay. avoid it altogether if you wanted to. The entrance is right. You exit the building on the if you're facing the building the right hand side. It's near where the old if you if you recall the exit is near where the old Exxon lounge like entrance was because the old exit for Universe of Energy is on the opposite side on the left hand side where uh, near Spaceship Earth but now the exit is on reversed it's on the wonders of life side and then you you walk outside and then as you're walking there's an entrance to the gift shop on your right but you can avoid that if you want to i'm very surprised that they didn't exit through the gift shop Mm -hmm. i just i just assumed that would happen and then we walked outside i'm like where's the gift shop oh there it is it's closed yeah that's very unshapek of them yeah yeah, so no merch available for me, but when you when it goes on opening on the 27th, which is uh, right now, tomorrow, uh, as we're recording, when you're listening, it's already happened. You can buy all the merchandise uh, to your heart's desire or that you will be allowed to by That's your right. spouse. And merchandise for Guardians of the Galaxy is even available over in the creation shop. So it's, it's not just exclusive to the uh, Zandarian Treasures uh, store. Yeah, I think that's good because I think that area is going to be crowded for a while and it's good to get, you know, people out of there and, you know, into other parts where they'll, you know, have more stuff, uh, more stuff. Well, they'll have more room to to shop and everything. I've said this since the beginning of this podcast because, I mean, this was announced in 2017, I think, or closed in 2017. Yeah, it was 2017. That's when it closed. Universe of Energy. Still don't believe it should be an Epcot. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. We should not be having a fake planet in the pavilion that we celebrate – not pavilion, in the park that like sort of celebrates mankind's achievements and all that stuff. But it's there now, and we have to live with it. So does it fit in Epcot? I say no. But as a coaster that like Epcot needed, Epcot needed another ride, number one, anything to make mm-hmm. people move. <laughs> but number two, like a real thrill coaster that's new and fresh, it needed it because Epcot – I mean, it has Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, which is a new ride, but in theory, it's also an old ride because they've already done it in France. Right. And then before that, the new ride was Soren, which was, again, a clone from something in California. Right. I would not count Frozen as a – although it's a new ride, it replaced an old ride. It was the same kind of ride, a boat ride. So I don't – it's not really like new per se. That's just it's like new to them. But of course, Soren replaced Kitchen ca- uh, Food Rocks. So, so Epcot really, and of course, Guardians replaces Energy. So Epcot like hasn't had a new new ride on its own in a long time. But this is a long time coming, and it, it's good. It's it's good, and the good thing is this will keep people spread out, more people on this, and maybe less people on. You know, our favorites like Living with the Land and Spaceship Earth and uh, Three Caballeros, Mexico Boat Ride. Right. And it, and it just continues this creeping in of intellectual property into Epcot. Uh, you know, this was originally a, a park that was supposed to be a permanent world, world's fair that didn't have characters in it. Uh, and over time, uh, we've just had more and more Disney the park has become more and more disnified, if that's actually a, a word. Sometimes for the better, sometimes not, and time will tell how it goes with Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. I'm sure as far as a coaster goes, you know, like you said, people are going to love it as a ride. 
but as a story, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. You know what they say, Adam. Time will tell. Time will tell. And uh, I should say I am biased. I don't really enjoy the Guardians. They're not my favorite Marvel characters. Like probably like an Iron Man thing would have been much better in this, but they can't use Iron Man in Florida. Well, um, they can they can use him. They just can't have him there. Okay. The characters can't appear. Uh, but if you want an Iron Man attraction, you have to go now to France to their new Avengers campus. Uh, which is the rethemed rock and roller coaster, or I believe Hong Kong has an Iron Man attraction. So yeah, Hong Kong has the, uh, the Iron Man simulator, Iron Man yes. experience. Iron Man's yes. like my favorite. I love Iron Man. Uh, I think it's funny. An Iron Man coaster here would have been really cool. What's it's his first his name? Tony Stark. Tony. Tony. Well, you like me. Of course, like his like arc reactor thing is like an energy type thing, and that would have been really cool with energy. Now that I'm thinking about it out loud, that would have been a really much better fit than what they did. Well, if you had had a job in engineer uh, in uh, Imagineering about eight years ago, that would have been the time to speak up. Uh, or, now it's a well, little too late. Or I needed to be an attorney for Marvel Studios in 1994 when they made the deal with Universal or something, and and made sure that you know. Whoever buys Marvel then picks up the rights to the theme parks without this whole universal nonsense. But exactly. <laughs> but I think I was like four years old when that happened, so I guess I didn't have a chance. And who knew? Who knew back then? Who knew? I it guess time time did tell, and well, it didn't tell well. I mean, basically, you know, we'll, we'll do our whole Marvel Cinematic Universe episode episodic series eventually, but. The Iron Man, the first Iron Man was a chance that Paramount took of all things and it worked out well and they just kept going. And then Disney buys Marvel and um, and it blows up into this massive thing that, you know, it's more than just comic book geeks that like it. Like everybody likes it. That's and right. yet Universal is stuck with the theme park rights over here. So well, maybe one day, but that's maybe that's they can enough. make a trade. That's another show. So uh, we'll probably wrap this one up right now. And uh, I'd like to remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetMoreTravel.com. Request a quote and let Chris and her team plan your family's first trip to Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mountain More Podcast. On behalf of my partner, Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody.